Welcome to Unwanted Guests, the podcast that teaches you about insects and other pests that may join you in and around your home. It's brought to you by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension and the Texas A&M Department of Entomology. We're your hosts, Wizzy Brown, Robert Puckett, Molly Keck, and Janet Hurley. Welcome to 2022 and the Unwanted Guests podcast. So we're going to kick off the first episode this year talking about insects that you can find in firewood. When we have colder temperatures, you can actually bring stuff in with your firewood. So we're going to talk about some of the things that you might be able to find or that might show up in your house. Who wants to kick things off? Somebody wants to pick one of the insects and tell people what it looks like and where they can find it. Well, obviously in firewood, but you know. Well, there's a lot of different insects that like to use firewood as harborage, either inside the wood, um, underneath the bark of the wood, or just in the cracks and crevices of all those pieces of wood that are piled up together. And I would say probably the ones that maybe bring most people heartburn are the boring insects, like the longhorn beetles or the flat-headed beetles, metallic wood boring beetles. And longhorn beetles are named such because they have long antenna. Most of them, there are some species that don't necessarily, but if you take their antenna and pull it over their back, their antenna are the length of their body, if not longer. And they just kind of have a uh, same look to all of them, but if you Google longhorn beetle, you'll get a, a general idea of what they look like. And the flat-headed wood borers or the metallic wood boring beetles don't even really have antenna that you can see. To me, they're shaped like a bullet or, or boat shaped almost. And they're not always metallic, but oftentimes they are. And all of these guys are opportunistic. And so they're in that firewood. And then when you bring them inside, they maybe are completing their life cycle and they start emerging. You see them crawling around, but people think of a borer and they think, oh my gosh, they're going to get into the wood in my house and they're going to chew up my house and, and my house is going to fall down. So they cause a lot of, of fear, I think, among homeowners that bring firewood inside. In your experience or anyone's experience, are you getting calls on the adults that they find or are you getting calls on the larvae? Because the larvae look quite different from the adults, of course. It's always the adults, at least in, for me, I'm sure that you could probably see some larvae crawling out, but that's would be pretty unusual. I would think because the life cycle is that they lay their eggs on this wood, the eggs hatch, or they might burrow a little hole and lay their little egg just inside. But when the egg hatches, the larva feeds on that wood, and then it will become a pupa once it's finished feeding, and then it will emerge as an adult. And that life cycle, I think is amazing to some people that it can take a year, if not more sometimes. So it takes a long time. What you see are the adults that are emerging and the completion of that life cycle where they've chewed a hole and now they're crawling around. And it could be that when you bring them inside, the temperatures are warmer indoors. And so maybe that speeds up that life cycle a little bit or tells that pupa it's time to emerge. And that's why you may see them kind of in you know, more than just one, you might see several crawling around your fireplace or on the floor. You know, I was super excited because a couple of years ago, I actually found a larvae in one of the things because Alan was splitting the wood and just it happened to be where he split. There was this huge old flat-headed wood borer and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And so of course I'm taking pictures and being all excited and 
you know, my kid's like, what is this? But it was really, really neat because you generally, like you said, you don't get to see those because they're bored into the tree and it's really difficult to actually find what they look like. I mean, it's like, it was like this long kind of wormy thing and it looked like somebody had stepped on the front of it where the head was. So that's why they're called flat-headed wood borers. I kind of equate it to, if you think about it, they kind of look like little intestines, almost yes. like little sections of intestines. <laughs> yeah, they're very segmented, like tapeworms almost, like a gigantic tapeworm. Which probably isn't good for most people's brains, but you know, mm. that's what it looks like. So Puckett, do you want to tell us about the carpenter ants and acrobat ants? Because I know that I had a real issue with that when I was picking up wood last year. I decided to go into the green belt and I was like, oh, I'll just get some firewood here and bring it in because I didn't get any. And then we had acrobats all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, twist my arm to talk about ants, right? Yeah, the carpenter ants and acrobat ants are Insects that are commonly found nesting in all manner of wood. Um, if you get in the forest, you find you know, limbs of trees that have fallen. You're very likely to find one or both of these ants, sometimes occupying the same space. Both cavity nesters, but carpenter ants actually, they build their cavities in the wood, right? So they'll, they'll carve their way in and the colony will harbor in the wood. And then just as Molly was discussing with you know, some of the other insects that we find in firewood, you bring that material into the house. And now you've got a colony of ants inside your home. And this can be really alarming for people. The good news is carpenter ants, these are ants that sting. You know, some ants sting, some don't. And carpenter ants don't. But the trade-off there is that they can uh, destroy portions of your house if you allow them. So you pick your poison there. They're happy to occupy framing lumber in homes and build their nests there. So it's really important to be be thinking about these guys when you're storing firewood and, and bringing it in. Carpenter ants are one of the insects that we spend a lot of time thinking about in structural pest control because they are one of the recognized wood destroying insect groups um, that we concern ourselves with in terms of inspections of homes for wood destroying insects and, and the like. They have a, a, a really interesting biology. As I mentioned before, they build their galleries in wood and they, to do that, they carve out these areas inside wood. And so one of the telltale signs of a carpenter ant infestation is the wood shavings. So unlike termites that will also nest in wood, they don't actually consume the wood. They just shave it off and build their tunnels through the wood and and then push those um, shavings out. So it's not a bad idea to walk your firewood and look along the base of the lower layers of wood and see if you notice any interesting wood shavings, piles of shavings, because that can give you an indication that you, that you may have carpenter ants in, in some of your firewood. These are large ants as ants go. I mean, the, the carpenter ants are some of our largest species of ants in our part of the world. So they're not inconspicuous. So if you go out and uh, spend a little time uh, inspecting your wood, I know it's not something people think of, not all that exciting to go look at piles of firewood, but you should do it. And especially when it's warm and keep an eye out for rather large ants moving around. And if you have, I mean, I know we're going to talk about control later, but they're really good baits for carpenter ants as well as acrobat ants. And acrobat ants are a little bit different. So these are also cavity nesters. And actually this is a species of insect that that I've had conversations with the Texas Department of Agriculture about in terms of whether or not these should be listed as a wood destroying insect, because many pest management professionals report finding what they believe to be shavings left behind by 
acrobat ants, a much smaller ant, but by acrobat ants, they're infesting homes. And I've had a couple of situations where I've investigated some of these. And in both cases, the shavings that were left behind on a windowsill by these ants certainly looked like wood shavings until I got them under the microscope. Then I determined that they were, it's just insulation. So they were, they were enlarging a cavity in the insulation. Well, they will nest in wood and in defects in wood and under bark. And so you can bring these guys in too. And, you know, they probably won't do a lot of damage to your home, but it is alarming to have thousands of ants running around once they warm up. People, when they are describing acrobat ants to me, they always say they are baby carpenter ants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yes. a distinction. They are not baby carpenter ants. They are not baby carpenter ants. They're much smaller than our carpenter ants. And in general, I mean, they're, you know, ants are kind of all shaped the same in a general sense. And I think one of the things that sort of throws people is the color pattern of the acrobat ants. So these guys have a reddish head and thorax with a a darkly colored abdomen or gaster. And there are several species of carpenter ants who also have uh, reddish heads and thorax and then a darkly colored abdomen. And so I think that that throws some people. But the cool one cool thing to know if you're dealing with acrobat ants versus carpenter ants is that if you look at an acrobat ant when they're crawling, you look at them from top down, the abdomen is shaped very similar to like a spade on a deck of cards or they're kind of heart shaped, whereas our carpenter ants are much more rounded in appearance from top and side. So I'm going to talk about the bark beetles, and these are a group of small beetles that are, they're mostly like brown and black in color, but these are small compared to the longhorned beetles and the metallic wood boring beetles that Molly was talking about earlier. These are less than an eighth of an inch in size, and they're a little bit different. They don't tunnel into the wood they actually will excavate tunnels and galleries kind of right under the bark surface. And there's actually different wood materials that they actually look for this beetle damage to actually make different wood things because they make these really beautiful, pretty galleries, but much smaller emergence holes. And these are typically going to be on the bark of dead and dying trees. So that's a lot of times what people are cutting down for firewood. So it's quite common that you might actually bring these type of insects in. But again, if the firewood has bark that falls off and you see these engraver galleries and stuff, those are what it is. It's the uh, bark beetles, ambrosia beetles, or sometimes they're called engraver beetles. So Janet, I'm going to ask you about the random ones, you know, all those weird sometimes cockroaches or even like the myriapods, like the the many legged things that we might be seeing, just all those random ones that might be using that as a hiding place. What are some of those? Y'all were talking about borers. I've never gotten that lucky. Most of my wood comes with cockroach or two, maybe a pill bug, an occasional millipede. But again, where I'm located at North Texas, it's a little bit different. I've seen all sorts of weird stuff in my firewood over the time. And it all depends on what kind of wood I've gotten. What's interesting is, you know, you were talking about going to the green belt and picking up stuff. Depends on where you get your wood is, and depending on where you store the wood is what you might find and how long you store it. So for instance, my wood pile 
if it's, you know, a mild year, I can go, I can have a cord of wood go a couple of years versus, you know, I buy a small stack and I use it over a, a cold weekend. So it all depends. I mean, I'll be very truthful. We're talking insects, but I've also found rodent droppings in my wood pile as well. Not brought in anything, but they'll hitch a ride. I mean, if any place is warm, hidden, and a good place to find food and shelter, there's a lot of insects that will use that as a way to to hang out. Right. Our wood pile, it is away from the structure. You don't want to put your firewood pile right up against the house because then that just gives those insects and other things habitat that's close to the house and makes it easier for them to get in. So ours is away from the house, but we do have a cover over it. And that is to keep the rain off and whatnot. So if it's raining, then we can still go out and get firewood and bring it in and it's not wet. And a lot of people will cover their firewood, but that also is something that is contributing to this being an excellent habitat for things like insects or even rodents, like you mentioned, because it's keeping the rain off and it's keeping it a warmer environment within that space and they're not being viewed by predators. So I know when I let my dogs in the backyard, you know, that's the first place that they go because they're, they're looking for stuff and they know where to actually look. Are any of these things that we're talking about, should people panic about bringing firewood in and having this stuff kind of run rampant in the, the household? I wouldn't say what running rampant, but I mean... Yeah, if you brought in wood that had, and I'm going to go with the ants, and you stored them in your house and you didn't use it all up, and okay, I'll just pick on my own house. I mean, I have my fireplace, and right next to my fireplace are built-in wood cabinets. Well, if I stored my wood next to the fireplace and the wood cabinets, then you could potentially have a problem Mm -hmm. if you weren't paying attention. Janet, we're very similar to you. We keep logs in our fireplace year round. And this is one way you can run into trouble with things like carpenter ants or even termites. We haven't talked much about those, but termites will infest wood outside too. And if you do that and you don't notice, they can move to new nesting locations. So this is concerning. And the other thing is scorpions. If you live in a part of the state where scorpions are frequently found, then you know, these guys will often um, overwinter under bark in your logs. And so you and, and even in the warmer times of the year, but you can bring those guys in too. And that is alarming, of course. I was thinking the same thing, Robert. I w- yeah. As Wizzy was talking, I was like, oh yeah, nothing says happiness like reaching for a piece of wood and there's a scorpion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are alarming. Then of course, like, like we say, the wood destroying insects that, you know, that we think about in structural pest management and and in real estate transactions, the carpenter and termites. With the longhorned beetles and the metallic woodboring beetles, those are going to be outside type mm-hmm. insects. So we don't have to worry necessarily about those type of things. But with carpenter ants or like you mentioned, termites, those can definitely be a problem. I, I haven't had a lot of issues with termites in my firewood, I guess, because I keep it up off the ground and it's relatively uh, yeah. dry. So I think that termites being in the wood is really going to be dependent upon moisture levels that you have um, and how you're storing it. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, the, the means by which the wood is stored is very important, whether or not it's elevated off the ground and, and, and the age. That leads to the next thing. Where and how should firewood be stored? We've talked a bit about elevating wood. I remember, well, I won't, I won't say which family member I was at their house and they had their, their firewood stored on two by fours. And I thought, well, that doesn't really, <laughs> you know, that doesn't do much for you storing your wood on wood. If you can eliminate the wood to ground contact, um, this is very advantageous. If you have a concrete pad, that's awesome. But, you know, if, if not, you can get creative. I mean, PVC is very inexpensive and you could build some PVC rails to lay your wood on and, and the like. But the, the key is to elevate it off so that you don't have wood to soil contact. I also tell people don't store your wood up against your wood fence. Mm. And then one of the things I definitely do, and maybe, it, I mean, I've done this for a long time. I bring in enough wood that I can burn within, say, the, the afternoon or yep. evening and then because I do have a covered back porch, I'll store more of the wood out there and then bring in that away. That way I can tap the wood. I mean, that's something you might want to do anyways before you're just hauling wood in. A lot of times I'll, I'll bang two sticks together, so to speak, hoping that whatever's there, I mean, dirt, leaves, anything is also left outside and I don't bring it in. That's usually when the cockroaches fall out. That's yeah. Right. Unless they're frozen like they were this past last year during that snowstorm. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a really good point, Janet. If folks operate with the understanding that if, you know, if they're going to use wood for a fire and they just, they bring in enough wood to build their fire and then maybe a little bit to feed it during the time it's burning. If you light the wood on fire, you don't really have to worry about the insects that occur inside, right? If you do it quickly after bringing it into the, into the house. Um, so yeah, just try to eliminate the storage of, of uh, firewood in your home best you can. Some people worry about the insects that are in their firewood and possibly bringing them into the house. So should they be treating their firewood with pesticide? I would say no. I would think that once that caught on fire, that that would probably make some sort of a fume that you wouldn't want to be breathing in. But I think probably the solution to that is don't bring in more than you need. Maybe don't store it right now. I know it looks nice. Um, it kind of has an aesthetic value to store your firewood next to your fireplace. But if you are overly concerned about the insects that come out of it, then consider keeping it outside and only bring what you need in the moment that you need it to, to burn it. Also, I would recommend, because we did mention scorpions, if you are carrying in firewood, if you're not going to be very careful about what you're grabbing, wear some gloves just in case there are some scorpions in the firewood pile. That way you can kind of protect yourself from whatever may be in there because it, you know, it may not be scorpions. It could be other things as well, which could be possibly venomous spiders the other thing that we probably do need to mention and is extremely important is when people are getting firewood, where should they be sourcing that from and why would they need to be careful about bringing it in from certain places? If you're getting your firewood randomly, I have a hunting lease out in East Texas and there's lots of downed dead limbs and you're picking up dead trees. There may be more insects in something like that versus I go to my big box store and I just buy a small amount of wood. 
it's different things. And this goes to also those people who a lot of barbecuing and things. It's not just, you know, your normal firewood. We're also talking about the wood that you use in your smoker. Where do you store that? Is it mesquite? Is it pecan? Is it hickory? Each wood has a different, they're considered different hosts for different insects. But again, where are you storing it? How are you bringing it in is probably the two biggest thing. We have property, the trees that fall out by the creek will bring them in. But I will say this, what we do is we generally drag it all up to the house, cut it, split it, and then store it. And then just leave it stored and then rotate through first in, first out type of thing. And if we're kind of alluding to invasive species and bringing things from other places that shouldn't belong. If you're getting firewood from out of the state, maybe figure out, do they have, I can't even think of what it is right now, but did they have a, an invasive beetle that we don't have in Texas that you might be bringing? Emerald um, ash borer. Em, well, emerald ash borer, but I'm thinking of a different one from out of the state because we've got emerald ash borer now in Texas. But people need to be aware, even if you're transporting wood within Texas, be aware of that particular insect because they can transport that to new areas. We don't have it yet. Exactly. Well, it's Tarrant County. It's I don't think it's in Dallas County yet. Carnac County and some of those other far northeast Texas um, counties. So, and that would be in in ash firewood, if you know what species of firewood is. Um, but there are also lots of other invasive beetles that are in other states that aren't even in Texas yet. And so you may not want to bring stuff from another place here and then be the reason why we end up with a bad bug that we don't want. There are thousands of species of insects that use dead and decaying wood as a nesting site. I mean, if you bring firewood into your house, there's a, a tremendous likelihood that you're going to bring insects in. So people just think of it from that perspective and limit the time that wood is in the house sitting around, you'd be largely fine, but you just, there has to be an awareness that there are, are very likely insects in wood that's seasoned for any period of time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Unwanted Guests. Insects and firewood generally aren't a long-term problem for the home as long as you manage things properly. Remember to bring firewood in as needed, and when you're storing it outside, that you're storing it away from the home and any other wooden structures. For more information, go to extensionentomology.tamu.edu. We'll catch you next time.